Dear friends, welcome to this week's virtual drasha. This week we have the incredible privilege to Parsha Snoach. And the parasha, of course, contains a story that we're all familiar with. The Ribbon Shalom at the end of Parsha's Baratius is saddened, is heartbroken, disenchanted with what he sees humanity has become, and he decides to start again. And the way that second takes, so to speak, on humanity is going to begin is with a flood. The Shabbat who decides he's going to wipe out everything and rebuild, and he chooses Noah. Noah, who's identified to us as a tzaddik, as righteous, as tamim, as complete. An individual who walked with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is tasked with the sacred privilege of rebuilding humanity. But of course, before that, Noah has to build the Teva, builds the Ark. And in this Ark, again, all the different representatives of the animal kingdom, Noah and his family, and they go together with the sacred mission of rebuilding humanity again in the aftermath of this catastrophic loss. I want to draw your attention to something interesting. And I guess why it's interesting to me is it never caught my attention before until this year. You know, part of the beauty of Torah in general is that the Torah is a living, breathing entity. And the truth is, the way, I see, the way one sees things when they're young is very different than the way you see things when you get older. And it's not just the question of biological age, but... I think that often what's happening in life and what's happening in the world also offers us a different lens to be able to see the events of the Torah Kedosha. And of course, over the last number of days since the Shabbos of Shemini Atzeres, so to a certain degree, our world has been turned upside down. We're still reeling from the catastrophic loss, still overwhelmed by the notion of over 200 men, women, and children held in Gaza as captives, captive Shavuyim who we daven for every day our precious soldiers at multiple fronts, ready with confidence and with bravery to fight our enemy wherever and whenever they come. And again, our brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael, who have demonstrated also such optimism and such hope and such power and koach and gvura, also in the face of overwhelming circumstances. And so we bring all of that with us. That's the prism through which we see the Torah as well. Something caught my eye. The Torah says, this is in Parakhes, Pasuk Test, chapter 8, verse 9. The Torah says, remember, give a little bit of context. It stopped raining. Noah opens up the window, dispatches the raven to see if there's dry land. The raven circles, doesn't go anywhere, comes back. A couple of days later, Noah decides to try this again, this time with the dove, with the Yonah. And so the Torah discusses, he sends the Yonah to see if there's any dry land. Pasuk says again, chapter 9, Sorry, chapter 8. Parak Ches, Pasuk Tes, verse 9. So the Torah says, as much as Noach dispatched the Yonah, dispatched the dove, the dove came back because there was no dry land. And then the Pasuk ends off, right? Excuse me, Noach extended his hand to go ahead and take the dove. He extended his hand. He takes the dove. And he brings the dove into the teva, into the ark. And the truth is, when you look at that last phrase, it's totally extraneous. Why does it have to tell me that? In other words, what's the point of the story? The point of the story is Noach dispatched the Yonah, dispatched the dove. The dove circled, or it didn't circle. It went out, couldn't find dry land. It came back to the ark. That's it. Story's over. Why do you have to include this information? Vayishlach yodo. Noach extended his hand. Vayikachai takes the dove, and he brought the dove back into the ark. Why the need for that phrase? And perhaps... Perhaps that phrase helps us to understand something so much more dramatic than just a simple storyline and helps us internalize a lesson that is so profound at any time, but especially even more so now. The Yonah, 
the dove, represents many different things, but amongst them, the Yonah represents Klal Yisrael, the Jewish people, but not just the Jewish people, Stam, but the Jewish people in a state of Achtos, because the Yonah represents Shalom, it represents peace. And for us, as a people, peace doesn't just simply mean the absence of war, the absence of aggression, or the absence of violence, but peace means for us a sense of Achtos, a sense of unity, togetherness, and I think the Torah is conveying to us something absolutely amazing. Peace, shalom, achtus, unity, is one of the most elusive things for our people. It sounds so easy to have achtus, to have unity, but yet for the last 2300 years, since we lost the second base Hamikdash because of Sinas Chinam, it has proven to be something overwhelmingly elusive. And the Torah is telling us something incredible. The Torah is telling us that if you want peace in life, if you want Achtos, if you want the Yona, the Yona doesn't just fly into your house and sit on your lap and say, here, Achtos is here. If you want Achtos, if you want unity, you have to extend yourself for it. Achtos unity doesn't happen by itself. You have to do something. You have to extend your hand. Now you have to extend your hand by you have to grab it because often in life the opportunities of our come and go quickly. They come and they leave. So if you extend your hand, that's one part. You have to do something, but then you have to grab it. You have to grab onto the opportunities when they present themselves. And then when you extend your hand and you grab those opportunities for national cohesion, for achtos, bring it into the ark. And what's the ark? The ark is the structure of life be it your personal life, be it your communal life, or be it your national life. In this little phrase, the Torah Kedosh is telling us that the most elusive thing in life, the most elusive thing for Am Yisrael, is the Yonah, is the dove of Achdos. And when it's available, when it presents itself, extend your hand, do something, grab it, hold on to it, don't let it go, and bring it into every dimension of your life, personal, communal, and national. And what an overwhelming lesson for us during these times. I think we are living in times of unprecedented achdos. It is overwhelming and it's, it's the strangest thing because on one hand, we feel so heartbroken over what has happened to our people. Yet, on the other hand, we feel so much simcha, so much happiness when we see the achtos, achtos from everywhere, achtos from every corner. And you know what's even more amazing? You know, we see, on the other hand, we see the hate that is coming out, whether it's on college campuses or whether it's internationally in different parts of the world. And it's incredible because the veil of anti-Israel sentiment has been lifted. People for many years, people for many years hid behind the veil of anti saying, no, no, I'm just anti-Israel, not anti-Semitic. And that veil has been lifted. And it's clear that anti-Israel sentiment is anti-Semitism. We see it everywhere in its ugliest, most rabid form. And as the vitriol and hate pours out from certain areas, again, college campuses, certain areas of the world, on the flip side, look what's happening in our people. Look what's happening to Am Yisrael. Look at the achdos. Look at the unity. Look at the love. Look at the outpouring. Look at the connection. Look at the cohesion. Look at this. Look at this. Look how incredible and overwhelming the times we live in. Everyone wants to help. In Eretz Yisrael, you literally have people who have quit their day jobs. 
just in order to be able to help in some small way to our soldiers, to our brothers and sisters. Look at all the people, even in diaspora. Baruch look at us. Look at us. We're mobilizing, sending money, sending supplies, doing the same Tehillim. We're devoting ourselves and davening and learning. There is such an outpouring, an overwhelming outpouring of Achdos. It is incredible, incredible to see. Incredible. But I'll tell you, dear friends, you know what I worry about most? What really scares me more than anything is when all of this is over, because it'll come to an end. Emirat Hashem Am we will be successful for two reasons. We have the Ribbono Shalolam, right? And Baruch Hashem, we have an army comprised of such beautiful and holy Nishamas. So Emirat Hashem, we're going to be successful in this endeavor. Netzach Yisrael we will be successful. And what scares me more than anything is that when things, quote-unquote, get back to normal, will we let the dove of Achtos, we let the Yonah escape us? Will we simply let it take flight? We know how to have Achtos in times of crisis. Our difficulty is carrying it over to times of Shalom. This applies on so many levels, you know, it's nice. One thing that's nice out of the news, and I know as a Jew who currently lives in the diaspora, I'm always very careful about weighing in on Israeli politics. But it was brutal and ugly to see what was happening in Israeli politics before this war. It was heartbreaking to see the divisiveness. And I, I apologize, it was, it was heartbreaking to see the selfishness of what appeared to be leaders only acting for their own self-interest without a care and concern for the need to keep the Am, for the need to keep the nation, for the need to keep Eretz Yisrael biyachad unified. And now Baruch Hashem, everyone's working together. Everyone's working together. But what happens when the war is over? In our own lives, right? Right now, communities are united, right? Everyone's together. Everyone just wants to be with one with Am Yisrael. So much support, so much love. But what happens when Emir Hashem victory is achieved and things go back to normal, will we go back, will we lapse back to our own ways, old ways? Will we go back to being divisive? Will we go back to just circling the wagons amongst our own kind, our own hashkafa, our own denomination, our own sect, our own group? Will we let the dove take flight? Or do we have the courage now as, Yo- as Noach did, to take it, to take it, to grab it, and to bring it into the teva of life. And Hever, I think this is something we have to make upon ourselves in our personal lives. If we have strife in our marriage, some of us do. Some of us have had it for a very long time. And some of us have problems that we cannot fix on our own. We'll get the help you need. Get the help you need. Make shalom. Make shalom with your life partner. Do what you can. How many of us, again, are disillusioned by our children? <laughs> I'm not happy with the decisions my children made. Well, you know what? Part of being a parent is recognizing your child is not made in your image. And children rarely fail, follow the script that parents lay down for them. But appreciate your child for who they are. And don't spend your life expecting them to be who you want them to be. And some of us are disillusioned with our parents. Some of us had dysfunctional upbringings. And parents often try their best, but parents themselves were parented in a certain way. In life, very often, we only know what we know. Make shalom with your parents and in our communities. I've spent my lifetime in Rabbanus. 
I've seen some interesting stuff happen inside shuls. Machlokes and fighting and disagreement. For what? For what? For what? It's never worth it. You got the key, but you didn't get the key, but you're on the board, you're not on the board, you like this, you don't like this, you agree with this, you don't agree. Who cares? Isn't the Yona, isn't the Dove of Peace so much more important than anything else? And in Klal Yisrael, you know, there's a lot of denominations within the Jewish people, a lot of denominations, and a lot of times we simply never talk to each other. We never collaborate on the things that maybe we could collaborate on and never establish the common ground that maybe we can establish. So now everybody's biyachad, everybody's together. How incredible would it be to find those pathways of collaboration even when the current crisis is over? What scares me most about this current situation is not what the outcome is going to be. I know what the outcome is going to be. Kalal soul emerges victorious because we always emerge standing and strong. We may be limping and we may be hurt, but we always emerge strong and victorious. And we will this time as well. But I love the achtos. I revel in the achtos. I can't get enough of the feeling of being together with my people. It feels like Har Sinai again. Ki ishechad belevechad, with one people and one heart. And I'm so scared that one day things will go back to what they were. That one day Jews will be fighting again in Dizengoff on Yom Kippur. That one day politicians will once again become just myopic and tunnel vision for what they want and how they want it. And that the rest of us who are treating to our corners, just focusing on our own agendas. However, this is an ace ratzon for Cloud Yisrael. And if each of us could take upon ourselves the Kabbalah, to be people of Achtos, to be Yona people, to be people who value Jewish unity over everything else. We're not going to agree, but if we could figure out a way to be together, even not in times of crisis, but in times of Shalom, how much stronger our people would be. We should be Zoha, like Noah, that when the dove of peace presents itself on a personal level, on a familial level, on a communal level, and on a national level. Vayishlach yado. Let's do something to act on it. Vayikacheho. Let's pledge to ourselves that I am going to take the value of achtos, and I'm going to make it a core value in my life. Vayava eosa elateva. And let's bring it into the structure of our lives. Again, personal, familial, communal, and national. Let's pledge to ourselves during these difficult days to never again let the dove of peace fly away. Let's grab her. Let's hold on to that dove. Hold on to that Yona. Hold on to that beautiful feeling of Achtos. And may we be Hashem to carry it with us and to act upon it in the years to come as well. Wishing everyone a good night of Shabbos and a beautiful Shabbos Kodesh.